So today on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, we spent nine billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> One dollar at a time. Who's our guest? Our guest today is the state uh, House of Representatives Appropriations. Joe, what are you laughing at over there? Billions. <laughs> the, way, the way you said that, it reminded me of Eddie the Eagle, the old uh, goalie for the Dallas Stars, the time he got pulled over for DUI. What? what? <laughs> and he told he told the officers, he said, if you let me go, I'll give you a billion dollars. Of course, it was all on body cam. Sorry. Sorry we can start over. Isn't Eddie, is Eddie the Eagle, was he the guy who was in Cheers? No. Different My Eddie head just went there, too. I was well, like, but he was a goalie, and his name was Eddie. The, wasn't it his Eddie name the was Eddie. Eddie, what was this? I don't know, but oh, well, Carla dated... And Eddie, who what, was like Lambeck, a for the Lambeck Bruins. or what oh. something? Um, Lebeck or yeah, Le- yeah, yeah, something okay. like that. But I immediately was like, "Are you talking about Cheers?" No. Anyway, well, we've gotten off topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, Angela Whitwer, uh, state representative. She is the uh, appropriations chair in the Michigan State House of Representatives. Super busy lady, but has taken the time to come and live out a a, a dream of hers. A guest on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's true, though. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Don't yikes me. It was, a, it was just a, a thing that I said. <laughs> that I regret saying. On a podcast that was recorded. <laughs> that everybody can hear. That was hear. sent out to thousands of people. Oh. Really? Thousands? Oh, six. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on his it's always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apple. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> so welcome back. I don't know what episode this is. Episode four or five of the year. We've taken a bit of a hiatus. We were so tired after talking to Jeremy Sampson back then in November. Right? That was the last one, I think. Yeah. Right before the holidays. Yeah. So we took, took the holidays off, uh, rested up over Thanksgiving, New Year's, and Christmas. Hope everyone had a good holidays. Did you guys do that? Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. It was okay. Anna said no. <laughs> okay. It was cold. Windy. Everyone had the flu. It was just... Oh, that's right. It didn't feel like Christmas this year. You know, I was I was telling my wife at one point, because we had a, a weird le- weeks leading up to Christmas where we were gone out of town every weekend. And so it got to the point where we were going to go up north for the actual Christmas day. And so it was like, we're not going to get a tree. Like, what's the point of getting a tree? We did minimal decorations. I think I don't think I sang a single Christmas carol like the whole Christmas, and I don't. I didn't see a single Christmas movie. I was like, bang, Christmas is here, and it didn't feel like it. It was really strange. Like, so I get, I'm, I'm there with you, Anna. Do you do a lot of caroling? Yeah, that's I do what enough. My question like, was. I mean, I'm not going door to door. I'm not knocking on people and bringing cheer to people's. Do you guys not stores. walk around the house singing Christmas carols during Christmas? No. I can't say I do either. Really? Uh, but I mean, was that what you is that what you're talking about? Just you guys around the hearth? No, 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 no. I was, uh, I was, 
<laughs> like we were gone. Like we, I never went to like church during the Christmas time where you yeah. sing, you know, okay. a Christmas song or Christmas hymn or, fair. you know, but we always like, we got, you know, I don't know, but no, I'm not like going neighbor, neighbor to neighbor with a hat on <laughs> and some, some eggnoggy, but did Ruby get any Christmas presents? Did she? I don't know. I don't think she did. Patience, tolerance. Yes, all of those things. <clears throat> because we were up north and it was 17 below zero and windy like crazy. And she doesn't like being in the house. Like she gets bored. And so she goes, I want to go outside. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want you to go outside. And she just barks at you until until you take her out. And so I was outside. It, it, and it was like a five minute chore to put my boots on, hats on, gloves on, coats on, and then walk out and stand. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Ruby or Christmas. Why not? Why not? That's right. Okay, fine. <laughs> We're here to talk about the appropriations process and our state representative here from the west side of Lansing, Angela Whitworth. Um, but before we do that, I should probably get to the business of telling all of you who we are. Uh, this is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Uh, we're a public relations firm here in downtown Lansing, Michigan. We do this podcast whenever we feel like it, whenever we have a really cool rock star guest, which is today. Um, you can find all of our podcasts at reststrategies.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at reststrategies. And, of course, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places that your favorite podcasts can be found. Uh, we're there. So uh, listen, rate, review, follow, share. Make us famous. I think that's what's – I mean – our, our guest, Angela here, the state representative, she she was quite thrilled. I, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think she said that the invitation to be on the podcast was life-changing for her. So this will be this will be great. Well, yeah, she has wealth now. Nine billion dollars. But people who are wealthy still want the fame. That's right. So now she's famous. We are the vehicle. Yes, she has the she's got the money. We are the vehicle to to get her to to that the heights of fame. Anyway, she'll be famous on the east side now. <laughs> That's true. The east side of Lansing. So Angela Whitworth is she's a state representative from the west side. She was a small business owner, worked in healthcare, um, has been in the legislature now. This is her fifth year, third term, um, and wasn't appointed to the appropriations chairmanship um, by the new speaker of the house. And today she is our guest, Angela Whitworth. So Angela Whitworth, the uh, House Appropriations Chair, state representative from the west side of Lansing. Uh, and was that Eaton County as well? Yes, it is. Well, it's the best side of Lansing. Well, the West side. The West side. Welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. You, I, we should get this out of the way right out out of the beginning. I mean, you've had a lot happen here in the last two months since the since your successful election and the election of your party to run the House and the Senate. Um, Committee on Committees Chair and Appropriations Chair. Very, very busy. But I think we can say with certainty that what is, to, I don't know what today is, the 19th or 20th of January, that this is probably so far the highlight of that time, right? This, <laughs> this, this appearance on the Cold Oatmeal podcast. Well, I told you already, I have arrived. <laughs> you have. You have, you have <laughs> certainly arrived. arrived, yes. I think that's what she told her staff on the phone. She goes, okay, I've arrived. I've got to go. <laughs> I can't talk to you for the next few minutes. Yes. What has the last couple months been like? It's been, I mean, it's got to have been a crazy whirlwind. I remember running into you, I think it was the day or two after you were named appropriations chair. We were out, at, we weren't at dinner together, but we were at the same place. And I remember you had this look on your eye like, oh my, oh my gosh, what, what's happening? Yeah, I chaired actually the House Dems campaign. So it was, uh, 
It wasn't something anyone expected that the house would flip. So at three in the morning, I was laying in bed because I didn't want to go to Detroit with everyone else. <laughs> and they were texting me back and forth. And then they called every time we won a seat. And at like 530 in the morning, we found out we won. And you you really can't grasp. In fact, I still probably haven't really grasped what all that means. I have a nicer office and things are a little <laughs> different. And then um, named a probes chair and named committee on committees, which I did not know was such a big deal. But it is it was a lot. It's a lot. And it was very fun to kind of assign everybody's committees. I can't think of probably two jobs where you would be more in demand of your time than those two. And you've had them in like, because everyone has an opinion on what committee they want to be on and everyone has an opinion on what, who they want to have on committees. Right. And now you've gotten that. Who done. they don't want to have on committees. Who they don't want to have on committees. <laughs> this too. year in particular. I did hear that too. Yes. I got a lot of letters from people, a few gifts. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, what is, I mean, the victory of that, the kind of, oh, wow, we won, immediately shifts into, oh, wow, now we've got a lot to do. Mm -hmm. So we've been working for eight months on a transition team. Um, the, the new speaker, Joe Tate, is a really amazing person. I recommend you get to know him. He's a really great guy. From Detroit, he put together a great leadership team, and he hired some of the best staff that there, there was in the Capitol. So people around town are pretty excited about his staff. They're, they were the ones responsible for the economic development in Michigan, and then they came from the governor's office, and they're now with the speaker. Um, and then we are setting up the budget. We are kicking it off quicker. What I understand from Chris Harkins is quicker than it's ever been in a, as long as he can remember, and we'll have our first meeting next week. A lot is going on. They didn't close the books last year. A lot of things were not finished, so we have to finish them this month. And we're just have baptism by fire, man. Sure. It's got to all happen. And with little to no experience of majority, any of us have. Yeah, I mean, it gets, go ahead. Condolences on having to work with Chris Harkins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anna, I don't think your mic's on. Oh, man. Button up top. I checked it when I came in. I don't know. I must have moved up. If I, I checked it, she means she turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I did a podcast with him yesterday. Guy's got the best radio voice I've oh, ever yeah. heard. You don't say. He has been yeah. on. He's been on our podcast a couple of times. He, he, he did. So, he did some announcing for us. Actually, he did some, <laughs> some announcing. It's quite amazing. So how do you how do you get into something? How do you how do you start this process? I mean, you've got all these new people. Um, I mean, even in the era of term moments, and this is your fifth fifth year, so it's not like mm -hmm. you're a, you're a veteran for for Lansing. But how do you just go about starting all this? Each, you, to, we have 28 new members, so half the state Dems are state house Dems are brand new, and they've never stepped foot in either chamber. Um, usually, the Senate recruits from the House, so they have rarely ever have a brand new member. They have a couple, but not very many. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the past year and a half getting to know all of them and getting to know what their priorities are and where on the spectrum of, you know, from really far left to the middle of the road, they all land. And um, then talk about what our priorities are as a caucus and um, what first bills we're going to introduce, which we have done, and then where we move from here and Basically, it's been making sure we keep the economy good. Michigan's an outlier. 
our recession is um, planned to be very mild because of what's been done in the past few years, and we want to keep it like that. So, so I was talking with someone, uh, a veteran and a lobbyist in town who, earlier this week, who had been talking with some fiscal folks who said, you know, I would much rather have to cut the budget than spend $9 billion. <laughs> <laughs> what, I think everyone probably thinks, oh, spending so easy. So I actually said that yesterday. Somebody, a veteran <laughs> lobbyist, told me the same thing. They said it's easier to say no yeah. because we don't have any money than to say no because we have $9 billion and we're not going to do your project anyway. Um, and they haven't been able to spend it. The last four years, it's very clear we haven't been able to spend it. But we have a lot of good projects. We're organizing them right now. Um, we have more money again than we thought. They're projecting it won't be this way down the road. So we want to make sure we're fiscally responsible and you know, projecting out so we don't spend all the money. What is, I'm shifting gears a little sec here. You, you come from, actually, you're a nurse by training, correct? In the healthcare so field? So I, I didn't finish nursing. Okay. I went to nursing school, came home my last year when my dad died okay. and got a job at Sparrow. But yeah, and assisted in, in surgery and on the floor for a while. Okay. Yep. And then that shifted into an external affairs kind of community relations, mm -hmm. which then led you to start a PR firm. Correct. I have a PR firm about a block from yours. Mm -hmm. And um, it's pretty successful. Uh, we do highly regulated businesses and politics is the last thing I ever thought I would do <laughs> ever. And we just did a, um, like a retreat with all the members and we did personality tests and nobody ever believes that I am extremely shy and off the rate Richter scale of introvert. And again, I tested, I was like 98% an introvert and it, this kind of stuff that we're doing right now exhausts me. I need a nap this afternoon from it. Um, so this was not, this is not natural. My business partner is very naturally involved in politics, and so when I went in, I was as green as you could get. And it's been very interesting. What I am good at, though, weirdly, is politics. So when you ask what we do with brand new members, I'm really good at figuring people out. I was raised by a detective. I typed his reports up. There's nothing more political than a hospital. I grew up pretty much in them. There's a reason there's a hospital in every soap opera. And <laughs> you, have to, you have to just figure out people all day long. So this has been, um, it's been a, I took two years to get to know it, kept my mouth shut because I'm an introvert, and learned about what people do in the Capitol, and I'm decent at it now. So what, for an introvert who is shy, what made you, mm -hmm. what flipped the switch that said, this is something I want to go do? My business partner. She said, <laughs> she, she said you'd be really good at this. Do it. Because I think between the two of you, Lori would be the one that people mm -hmm. would think she would be the, the natural campaigner. She, out she there. should. Yeah. She should have done this, not me. Um, <laughs> Sam Singh sold me that we would be, if I could win my seat, because it's a red seat, I would be the one that would flip, you know, the road to majority, he kept saying, ran through my district. And if I could win it and I won it and then I have consistently won it by a bigger margin. And basically it was just chipping away over time, won six, six red seats that year. And we run one more this year and we're, it's very tight majority, but that's good for Michigan, I think. Is that advice you'd pass on to others about the coming in and being quiet? Because I think I can I can remember back to my time in the house the some the freshman members who immediately got in the doghouse were the ones who had to talk all the time, and the ones in fact there was one I won't say who it was but there was one who was 
a former a former uh, DC staffer, and he came, he got elected, and he said when I was in DC before every sentence, and it wasn't long before the caucus passed a rule that any time he said when I was in DC, he had to put five dollars into the kitty because he was so, he was annoying so much by by being so smart because he had been from DC. But how how have you seen like you're you're meeting with all these new people who are coming in, and what's your advice to them? So I know better after this long than to give them advice. So you don't, I don't give advice unless they ask for it. So I, there's some really good members and there's a member from Flint that's 21 years old and he actually asked to meet with me and I thought it was just to get to know me, but he, he said, how did you get to be who you are? And my response was, well, I've got like three or four decades on you. And then, um, <laughs> and then also... I'll give you two pieces of advice. Ignore the attention downtown because he'll get a lot of it and keep your mouth shut in caucus. <laughs> and if you can do those two things, you're probably going to be really good at this job. And he has never talked in caucus. He's a really good young leader, upcoming leader. But you're right. The more you talk, it's not good. Yeah. And I hashtag some of the words that are said. It is like the biggest buzzword bingo thing going on. <laughs> and I, when I give tours to kids, which is one of my favorite things to do, the parents, I always tell them there's nothing better than these two rooms that you can't get into, and it's the caucus rooms. And if they put video, if they put cameras up in them and sold it like two years later, it would be the best reality TV show, and we'd never have to raise money ever again. Because <laughs> what goes on in those rooms are it's interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. What kind of hashtag words do you have to say to not get a committee assignment? <laughs> <laughs> you have to hashtag not vote for <laughs> people. <laughs> no. That was, they got, everybody got committee assignments. And I, I've not said this yet because I'm careful about the words I say. But when I first got elected, I, I got one and a half committees. It's not unusual. When you're in my, it's just such an adjustment. And I think that the, the party that has been in power most in our state is having a hard time. And I feel for them. I, did not have a hard time in minority. It was, um, I got a lot of bills passed. And I was in a crappy, you know, difficult seat. And, and um, I got bills passed, got along great with the speakers. The former speaker and I spoke last week, saw each other. And I just think they're having a hard time adjusting to the fact that they don't set the times or the, it's hard. That is the hardest part. You don't know what your schedule is going to be until the majority party tells you. I found, uh, not that I liked it, but the, t the, the time that I was in communications in the minority, I found it so liberating because I was in control of nothing and I wasn't responsible for anything and I could leak whatever I wanted to. I'm like, hey, reporter, I'll tell you every, every little piece of information I've got, I, I'll tell you. I'm going to make all kinds of friends because I don't care. That is so funny. I didn't know you were in comms. And, oh, yeah. And I had Lori's awesome. job. I, a few, oh, I a few people that. after Lori. I, yeah, I had Lori. Well, that job, is but. awesome. Yeah, no, I thought it was really liberating also. Yeah. I mean, you just come to work, you do great work in your district, and now it comes with a whole slew of other responsibilities mm -hmm. that you have, and it is more difficult, but, you know, you do have a bigger, there's bigger budgets, there's all kinds of things, and it's interesting to hear them talk about the bigger budgets now when they've had it for a long time, mm -hmm. but they're, I just think they're struggling at getting used to it, and if they just settle, it'll be fine. I think in the big picture, if <clears throat> everyone could just step back and look past the fact that they would have won or lost an election 
it's really healthy for both parties to lose <clears throat> every once in a while and be and have to deal with the fact that you know you, you're not in charge anymore and you can't be complacent you got to work at stuff again and work yourself back to where you're in majority it's yeah it's you, a, you get fat and happy and lazy it's and well confident. and and i think they maybe come back to reality and work on issues that are real to the majority of michigan and once they get past all of that maybe it'll it'll change but even still it's 56 54 it's a one vote difference yeah. and i honestly think it's healthy for michigan because we have to work together on things and there are you know several of the republican members that i'm very very close friends with um, sarah leitner is one of them and she'll be the minority vice chair of um, appropriations and she and i are really close friends it'll be good for her caucus and it'll be good for our caucus to work together so as someone who worked, how many years were you, Edge was, Edge has been around for what, 15, 15. years? Mm -hmm. So you're a, a PR expert who, like, <laughs> who, uh, who has been advising clients about how to essentially do what you're doing now. I'm curious how you took, you know, what you, what you were coaching people and, you know, telling clients and now you're the, you're the principal, you're the person who's having to carry it out. Was that, do you ever consciously go back onto your PR training when you, you do this job? Mm -hmm. I just did it yesterday. Um, sometimes just PR is just good management of time and good management of people because basically you're trying to get people to do things the way you want them to do. And so I was kind of coaching good management yesterday. And um, I, I think a lot of elected officials, especially brand new ones that have never done this big of a job, um, forget that they were one time you know, the switchboard operator or a waitress. And they forget that those people are real people that have master's degrees that work for you. And some of them are much more highly educated than we are. And um, just treating people right, you get a lot more done. It's just like working across the line. If you just treat people right, you'll get a lot more done. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I use my comm skills a lot. But I am a more of a manager inside Edge. Lori is the Lori's. comms person. Mm. She's the expert. So is appropriations chair a job you wanted? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's good. You didn't get voluntold. You're now going to be mm -mm. the appropriations chair? No, I had. Um, he gave me my choice of what I wanted I cause, because I led the road. To, I, re, I led to majority. And I helped um, the speaker get the votes to win because you know, that is just basically amongst our caucus mm -hmm. and the caucus trusts me. So I, I helped him get to be there and he asked me what I wanted to do. And it was between um, a policy committee that I'm very close, health policy and then appropriations. And I asked around town and I was encouraged to go for appropriates. It's a huge job, mm -hmm. but it's been really interesting. The learning curve is insane. And, um, but I think I get it. I told him that last night. Like, light bulb went off yesterday after my umpteenth meeting with Chris Harkins and House Fiscal. And it's going to be fun. And we have great subchairs, um, great subchairs on the Republican side. And like I said, Sarah's the minority vice chair, Rep Leitner. And she and I get along great. And I think we're going to do good things and spend some money for our state. 
Let me ask you. Let me ask you about Lansing because the city of Lansing in this area is in a unique spot because you obviously are from the Lansing area, and uh, over on the Senate side, your your counterpart Sarah Anthony, Senator, is going to be the Appropriations Chair over there. What is what does that mean for like downtown? You know, we're sitting here downtown. It's, it doesn't have a ton of people walking around at your offices. You know, just a block away from here. What have you talked with Sarah? What are you thinking about how, what this might mean for Lansing? I spend a lot of time with. Um, Senator Anthony, um, it's, I think it's been a long time coming and the city and this mid Michigan area has not had a lot of attention when it comes to appropriations. So I think I know, in fact, the mayor is quite excited about this. Um, I do have a Detroit city, um, speaker, so they'll, the, the money will get spread around and you know, where goes Detroit? goes the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that is also taken care of. But the city of Lansing has been waiting, and it is time that mid-Michigan, if if the city does well, then Eaton County and Grand Ledge and everybody mm-hmm. does well. So although this is more of Sarah's district, um, I did say to him, I hope we see a really good plan for what you want to do downtown to bring people back to wanting to come downtown Lansing, and I think they have that and they have good people down here and I think we will I'm pretty sure they'll get a lot of support they do have both probes chairs and it is very unique mm-hmm. well and to have have Senator Singh in a, a really mm-hmm. prime spot over there too well and of course the governor's from correct <laughs> from yeah. Lansing so and so was Chris Harkins That's so it's true. all it's all very good Joe have you begun putting together a budget for podcast updates and upgrades <laughs> I think we're good with what we have I heard there's nine billion dollars that has to be spent so. I think I think 10 million would be fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> it should be just drop in the bucket yeah. Yeah. how is how is that I mean that's got to be overwhelming I mean nine nine billion dollars you've got people calling you i mean i can just tell you from my my limited experience it feels like every day i am talking to someone in town who says i've got a meeting with angela i've got a meeting i'm I'm, I'm gonna call her i need to get a meeting with her well as you know i forgot about you a few times so i apologize (laughs) i thought you were ghosting us she said she liked the podcast but she's never gonna text me back no she was afraid we'd have a list of client asks when she showed up it took a funeral it took a funeral to bring us together to get this that was so embarrassing i'm like oh my god he's standing at a funeral i have to get this thing scheduled whipped out our phones and scheduled it right there on the spot um yeah it's busy i have a couple members on my staff that do meetings and then if somebody really wants one with me, I have a secret word that they get to have. And if then they'll say the word and they get to, they'll have a 15 or 20. It's weird because it seems super pretentious, but the meetings are like 15 minutes and then they're running through the door. Um, and there's someone standing at the door saying, you got your next meeting here. There's, there's, it's, a, there's a lot, but there's a lot of need. And I, one of the things I've run on and one of the reasons I think I get elected is I'm super accessible. I spent the whole morning all over Grand Ledge meeting about wastewater and all kinds of different fun things that they need money for. And, um, and then Eaton County meetings too. So I just, I really think it's important that if you want to do some job like this, that you actually are accessible to the people. And there's a lot of people that have needs right now. How do you balance that? Especially in a, it's it's one thing to be just a, you know, a, a regular member who doesn't have a really high profile, high responsibility committee that they're dealing with. But 
you also have other responsibilities. You just mentioned meeting with the folks in Grand Ledge. How do you, that's gotta be super, super tough now to, to remember that the constituent stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a, so I, I'm from a 50-50 district, so I have the one or two battleground seat in the city, in the state, and they're just really important to me and they have they have needs also and so Mondays and Fridays I try to balance part of the day with going there or I'm getting up earlier than I have and then I don't have little kids I really feel for like Regina Weiss is a state rep and she just had twins and I don't know how she, and she's the chair of education and it's a big big committee and it's a sub appropriation committee and I just hung up with her and she also chairs our campaign for this coming year so there's a lot on her plate she has little kids I do not my family has to be patient I'm not around very much and my husband never sees me and except for when we see you <laughs> and so uh we just, they're just very, very, my son is not as patient as my daughter, but they wish I wore an apron and babysat grandkids, but I don't. Yeah. There'll be time for that later. Yeah, maybe. It's not, I told them it's not me. Yeah. And what you're doing is, is to help them and your grandkids. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they'll get it. Hopefully. Well, and now that the term limits have changed, you could do this job for a long time. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I could spend eight more years here if I chose to spend eight more years. It's not this. It's running that is hard. Yeah. Running right. for election in a bad, difficult seat is not fun. It is very, very hard. I've knocked more than 150,000 doors. It is not. It's very hard. Yeah. And it's a lot of dirt in your face. <laughs> Lots of it. Well, it's a tribute to the the fact that you've done done it now three times and mm -hmm. been successful and gotten gotten better. What is the biggest? What's been the biggest surprise, I guess, of this whole the last that you've discovered since being named this this key key role? Uh, how much need there is? How how? I mean, probably because we have so much money, you hear about it, and then how much nicer people are to you <laughs> after you are appropriations chair. And I get, I was told that when I got named by some of the people I'm really close friends with downtown that they said, you'll be the everybody's best friend and you'll be the funniest person in the world. And I am quite literally a comedian now and everybody's friend. So it's been, it's, it's been everything they told me and then some. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule on this Friday to come down and fulfill this this professional dream of, of yours. To, to be I am so honored podcast. to be here. Well, I actually really was thrilled. You know, so <laughs> thank you. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll, sh we'll share the text. I, I have the text to prove it that you said that this was that you have arrived. <laughs> so uh, Angela Whitworth, state representative from uh, over on the, the west side of Lansing, the best side. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for being on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. So, Laura, what would you spend $9 billion on? <laughs> Quick. Now. What would it be? Uh, technology. What? What kind? Like, like for new, yourself. new computers. Like how many com new computers and are fun you, stuff? <laughs> what are you, you, you asking? Are you asking? Yeah, are you asking for myself or for the state? 
Oh, I don't or care about what? the state. What would you do with $9 billion if you buy were... myself lots of cool stuff? <laughs> like... Technology? <laughs> like a satellite? Cheeseburgers well, for life. Yeah, hold on, cheeseburgers hold on. would be great. Was your technology answer you being like <laughs> her? No, I that mean, I I would buy myself new computers and new phones. That was the, that was the worst answer. I'm sorry. This is the lamest answer. Have you have you never considered winning the lottery? Like thought thought daydreamed. Hmm, Do you I think that I don't play it? <laughs> <laughs> then I would think you would have a better answer prepared so for this. Your daydream, if you win, the, if you hit the Powerball, is I would buy myself a new laptop. No, <laughs> pass. <laughs> Anytime it gets above a billion, I try to like go buy one because I love the ten hours oh, of ladder. like, oh man, this is it. I'm walking. It's my it's wife and I it. are so different because it's she she enjoys playing when it gets big, and I I can't. I just I've got a. I know you're anti lottery. I'm anti lottery. I'm too anti lottery. And she's. I don't like, know why you're anti lottery. It's ever. It's a choice. It's a poor tax. It's a sin. No one's telling a poor person they have to buy a lottery ticket. They're just. Doing it themselves. It's, it, it's the it's, it's powerful people with a lot of money taking advantage of those who don't have a lot of money. It goes. You're to selling. Schools. You're selling a dream to people that can't <laughs> afford to buy the we're dream. Paying, we're funding children's futures. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear that? I ran into this. I have no idea how old this story is, but it was during the the hype of the last. What did it get it to like one point three billion? Yeah. Or the last. Yeah. Or was it trillion? Was it billion? It was billion. Yeah. <laughs> trillion. You pay off the national debt. It was like Joe Biden. <laughs> I would say it's trillion. <laughs> Nick might actually apply. Yeah. No, but it was a story about a guy, and I think he was from New England someplace. And um, his wife had sent him to the like the grocery store, the mini mart, to get some orange juice. And he came back with the orange juice, and she looked at it and she said, "How much did you pay for this?" And I don't know, he said like four dollars or whatever. And she goes, "Well, that's not the that's not the advertised price, the coupon price in the paper. Take it back and get your two dollars and get me get the two dollars back." So he goes back to the grocery store, gets his $2 back, and buys two lottery tickets with the $2 and won like $400 million <gasps> all by himself. Like he used the $2, bought two tickets, and won $400 million. Pays to oh listen to your wife. God. That's right. <sighs> or, or that's the, that's the lesson that, that Nick heard in that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with $400 million or $9 billion, Anna Heaton? I would open a dog rescue and rescue all the dogs. That would be all the dogs. You all could, of them, I think. You handle all the dogs for $9 billion. Yeah, for sure. I would just pay people to show get, Angela, better get Angela back? We could get some money in the budget for dog rescues. I think so. It's a public good and service. Yeah. And dogs are good. Dogs are great. People love dogs. <clears throat> yeah. Joe? You'd get new gutters. You would, you, would, <laughs> you would never see or hear from me again. I would be gone. You would just, I would be, I'd disappear. I would disappear and that'd be it. I, I, I wonder could, that on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Did Joe win the Powerball? It's, yeah. If that, that's, that's what happened. Is he working for Angela Litwer? <laughs> I always have grand plans of like, you know what? I would just put it in a big foundation and then take out enough to like, Pay off all my loved ones' things that they need paid off, and I would still keep doing this. But I, are you, are you I don't kidding? think I would. No, you point, would not. I would not keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, you would. You'd be on a private island somewhere. It would be so hard for me to have a billion dollars in the bank and then do any of these conference calls we have to do. <laughs> right. I'm like you know what? Leave meeting. <laughs> I would just be clicking leave meeting all day long. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, Why don't you get so bored though? 
after no, no. The- there is so much you can do with your time like when people you say that you're like oh, work till you die why that's so dumb <laughs> I, I, I can I can fill sh- the rest should. of my life no problem right now if but, I had the money I could quit but and- you're going to find ways to fill that time with work it's just going to be work that you enjoy well it's not work if you enjoy it what does that mean? What do you what, mean? Are you going to spend the rest of your life laying on a beach and doing I'll go, absolutely like, nothing? I'll like make a canoe. I'll yeah, do, like, which is work. You're working. It's, you're doing something. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I won't be staring at a wall, but it won't be work. I'm not going to sell productive. to anyone. I'm not going to make money doing it. You're just going to make your own canoe, a canoe for yourself? Okay. No, well, I good don't know for you. Pottery class and I could spend an entire day going between a sauna and a like cold plunge. I could do that for a week and not be bored. Like it would. You could probably afford to buy a motor if you had a. You wouldn't need a a canoe. You could probably find a boat that would power with with something other than. Well, that's this is fun. This is fun. Nikki would buy just Adele tickets, right? Yeah, if she were here, she would just take have Adele do a personal. Nikki yeah. already lives like she would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where is Nikki today? New Orleans? Question. Paris? <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that was fun, and it was fun to have Angela here. I know she's super busy, and um, but it was it's cool to have her here. I think we said she was the the second elected official ever. Uh, Brian Kelly had like six minutes left in his term of office when he was with us. Did he it did that one air, air before he left? Yes. Okay. Did it? No. I feel like it aired right after it aired, the year. He was it was like lame duck. Like yeah, I he think was it, still in office. But yeah, was, I think it was like the last week of the year or Yeah, it was like the like Christmas Christmas episode. But anyway, it was she's super busy. Um super super popular in town right now. And it was nice. And hilarious. Her. Yes. And hilarious. Uh, funniest person in the room. Yeah. Um but it was great to have her here and uh to spend some time. And I think that's about it, right? For Joe, Laura, Nick, Anna, this has been Matt, and you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. <laughs>